everyone, and welcome back to Conservative. Today, you have the lovely pleasure of not getting to hear only my voice. I have one of my good friends, Julianne, with me. We met back in college, and she's probably one of the smartest people I know. We get to have some of the best conversations about life, politics, society. So without further ado, I'm going to have her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. My name is Julianne. Um, I'm originally from Texas. Gretchen and I got to know each other in college, as she had stated, in the Pennsylvania area. I spent a quarter of my life in China, including a big chunk of my childhood, adolescence. So she's brought me on, I think, to talk about multiculturalism and how Americans view other countries and cultures. Yeah, I figured you would be a great person to bring on and kind of talk a little bit more on a global sense because you have some of the like out-of-country experiences that I've never had and I know a lot of other Americans haven't had, that I thought it would be awesome to have you talk about your experience outside of a country and also what does it look like coming back and what do you see as how Americans view other countries and even how maybe other countries view us and how it all correlates together. Yeah, glad to be here. So (laughs) one thing I've noticed about Americans and our view of other countries, generally speaking, we expect that we know a lot about other countries. Also, generally speaking, we don't. This is a country that is very large, pretty powerful, only has two bordering nations, which amongst whom we have pretty amicable relationships and don't have to interact all that often for the average U.S. citizen. We haven't traveled overseas or had to learn a second language to a very meaningful extent. So we are assuming that we know a lot, but actually operating with pretty limited information. Yeah, I've been noticing that a lot lately where I feel like Americans are far more ethnocentric than they want to admit in the sense that we kind of have our little American bubble. We think we know all of these things and we think we know how certain cultures are going to do certain things or what's good about them or what's bad about them when in reality all we have is the lens of certain countries that's been kind of marketed to us through Mm. either history classes or whatever our world leaders or our country's leaders are trying to tell us. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. And there's no problem with not having a ton of exposure, but we also tend to, as Americans, struggle with what I think of as first world syndrome, where (laughs) we have an expectation of ourself as a country being really great, um, but if it's not perfect, then we're really mad about it. And we also more or less do apply this onto other nations. If they have a thing that we think is great, like we want it too. If they have a thing that we judge as not being great, we definitely see ourselves as superior. Yeah, I think you can see that on both ends of the political spectrum as well. I think conservatives tend to be guilty of that because we're very America first. And I think liberals take the opposite stance where they're very much like pointing fingers at other countries going, see, look at what they do without any context of how it works in their country or how to even possibly apply it to our American culture. Or possibly not understanding that it's completely inapplicable or... 
Additionally, sometimes I think we take something that's in another country and because it's different from us or less advanced than us, we would assume that it's worse. Something that seems more advanced, we assume it's better. Um, I don't know that we have good criteria for what we think of as good because we don't necessarily know from their perspective, good might look like just having a happy family or something like that, but we're a very achievement-oriented culture, and good usually means being first. Yeah, so now you spent a lot of time in China, you taught in China. I think a lot of people often have that view of Chinese people, though, at the same time, that they're very achievement-oriented. Like, you have the American stereotypes of, oh, Asian peoples are really good at math, or they're, you know, very focused on school. Is that not the case, or is it? does it manifest differently than I think we would often picture? China is a pretty achievement-oriented culture, but it also depends on the region of China. A province like Guangdong or a city like Shanghai, um, Hong Kong also, although it's a little different from mainland China, they all have very strongly achievement-oriented cultures. Traditional Chinese culture, though, very much values humility and not putting yourself first or seeming too impressive or not bragging too much, I would say. That does tend to come across Chinese meet Americans, that they tend to think we're a little too boastful. But at core, American and Chinese cultures are similarly achievement-oriented. That's not a huge difference. It's always, I've always wondered about that, because I think we... <laughs> You hear that all the time in America about how, you know, and they also promote that a lot even in, like, you know, again, I am I pay attention to politics a lot, and they're like, oh, China's beating us at everything in regarding to education, and I'm, I was like, I have no basis for not believing them, and I think so a lot of us manifest that and go, oh, Chinese people are incredibly focused on their education and they're focused on being superior to us. So it's interesting to know that the Chinese people find Americans to be the ones that are arrogant compared to their culture. I don't know that internally it's very different. The way that we that it's presented externally is different, though. Yeah, okay, I can see that. So I guess one of the other topics that we said we wanted to talk about was you wrote down the assumption of how it feels to live in another country based on opinions of the government or their media. Yeah, so this is something that I noticed most strongly when I moved as a 15-year-old from China back to the States. Because at that time, one of the biggest cultural transitions of my life wasn't actually going to China. I did that younger. It was pretty easy. But coming back into America... I noticed that people had a lot of perceptions about China that were completely inaccurate to my experience of actually living there. And this goes back to, we think we know a lot about other countries, but our exposure is actually pretty limited. So as I re-entered America, a lot of people expected that they knew what I had experienced in China. Hmm. They thought I had experienced a country with people feeling oppressed, for one thing, because the American perception of Chinese government is very negative. 
but the Chinese perception of their own government is generally positive. They don't feel they're being oppressed. They often feel they're being provided for, looked after, protected, and they don't have the same problems with relating to their government that we tend to have relating to our own governments as well as other nations' governments. Mm -hmm. People expected that I had been in a country where people would very much treat me like a foreigner. And while it was definitely acknowledged that I wasn't Chinese, I experienced a lot of hospitality and mm. good friendships while I was there. I also, at that time in my life, had been living in a rural part of China, which was not a very achievement-oriented place. It was a place where we took afternoon naps, sometimes three hours long. <laughs> where really? We, yeah. Oh my gosh. Where, okay. we, where I, as a child was allowed to ride my bike all over wherever I wanted and shop for groceries on my own. And I don't know, it was a very simple, wholesome, yes, provincial, but happy kind of a life for me. Hmm. I think that's interesting because we, in culture right now and in government right now, we talk a ton about China. Like, it's, it's constantly coming up. So then... Do the Chinese hear about America as often as Americans hear about the Chinese people? Because we hear all the time about how, like, oh, China's doing this or China's doing that or the government wants to take over. And I'm not necessarily saying that those are baseless claims because obviously I don't pay attention very hard to what the Chinese government is doing. But I feel like we constantly hear about China. Do the Chinese people hear about America and the relations with America as often as we hear about it? Absolutely. And maybe more <laughs> often. <laughs> I, during the time living in China more recently, um, when I was a kid, I was still learning Mandarin, and I wasn't able to communicate as freely as I was while teaching there as an adult. I'm now fluent in the language, and I can't tell you how many times I'd get in a taxi, and the taxi driver, upon realizing he had an American in the car who he could talk to, oh had all of the questions and all of the ideas and opinions. So this topic of a country assuming that we know what another country is like is not limited to America. Gotcha. It's characteristic of any nation that doesn't have a lot of external exposure. Mm -hmm. I think the difference with America versus Chinese is most Americans think they really do know a lot about the other countries, whereas most Chinese really do see all those other countries as pretty foreign, and they're interested, and they get a lot of opinions from their media, but they would not claim to have as much knowledge as I think a typical American would claim to have. Yeah, that's what I also find really interesting about America as a whole, about our culture, is that there seems to be this kind of dichotomy going on where you have people who are so adamant about knowing exactly where they came from, what their culture was. Like, we very rarely do you walk up to an American and they're like, I'm American. They're always like, oh, well, my family came from Japan or my family came from Germany. Like, my family, we have a huge German heritage and we talk about it all the time and we talk about how mm -hmm. we're German. Like, we very rarely does it come out of my mouth, like, I'm an American. I think the only time that that would come up is if I was in a foreign country. But yet at the same time, we also have this, like, while we are so obsessed with 
other cultures and being from other cultures, we also have the most incredibly ethnocentric view of America at the same time. Like, it's a weird, I find that it's like this weird, both are occurring at the same time. If you know what mm. I mean. You, are you picking up what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. I find that kind of comical because I go, okay, if we're so obsessed with other cultures, then why don't we go to these other cultures and learn about them? Yet 98% of Americans just stay in America and we try to impose Americanism on other people while at the same time trying our hardest to be anything but American. Well, why would you learn about what you already know is one problem. That's if fair. If people expect that they know it, then they wouldn't make a huge effort to go out and learn more about it. But... One thing sometimes that shocks people is how foreign a foreign culture really can be. Like, including our assumptions of what is the good life, what are our goals for our children, for ourselves, um, how do we view authority? Like, is authority supposed to be approachable and only listened to when it's they're making good decisions? Mm-hmm. Or is authority supposed to be the unapproachable boss at the top who we listen to because of their position it has to go with how we view time. Are we thinking about the next decision or are we thinking about how this next decision fits into our 50-year plan? A foreign culture is much more different from us than we realize, and that also ties into why it, we have to be cautious about importing things Assuming we can import things, I should say, that are positives in other cultures, they just might not work in ours. And also why we have to be cautious about assuming we understand another nation's perspective, including what it's like to actually live there. I think that's an I think that's a very important point, because one of the things we see a lot right now with Americans in general not being super happy with their government, there tends to be two things that happen. It's either conservatives tend to look at and go, well, what if we could go back to the good old days of Americanism? Whereas I find that other people on the other side of the aisle tend to point fingers at other countries and go, well, look at what Sweden's doing. Look at what Australia's doing. Look at what Canada's doing. And they just automatically go, well, because it works in that country, then it can totally work in America. And I think what you're getting at here is that that's not necessarily the case. It's not, there's different parameters, there's different culture, there's different standards that those types of things can't just be picked up and plopped into a new culture or our culture more specifically. Mm, Definitely, including that for all of the things that Americans do have in common, we are a culture that does not have its mind made up on anything. We're extremely individualistic, and that means everybody has their own voice, their own opinion, and their own perspective on things that are different and not shared with other Americans. I can't tell you what you think just because I know the country you're from, but that is not always true. Many nations, their people are more or less unified on how they view a lot of topics. Mm. There won't be that struggle politically to implement something And we usually look at this as a negative of our culture. Oh, we just need to win over all the wrong people to our (laughs) side. Yeah. um, Rather than a possible strength of our culture where, oh, we're an aggregate of states with different government systems where 
American is an inclusive concept, and you are just as American as I am, despite having a really different background and experience and perspective. Yeah, to be honest with you, I think that's something that goes very underappreciated in America as a whole, is that we have a very multicultural country. One of the books I was, I've been reading talks about some of this, about how America is more diverse than almost every other country in the world. And that itself is a gift in a lot of ways. It's, it's, we have the ability to get the best and the brightest from everywhere and mesh all of the cultures and get some of the best stuff all together. Yet a lot of people seem to forget about that. I feel like we're, we almost take it for granted at this point in time. I, I see that happening a lot where I sometimes forget that I'm in a country where I have, in a 10-mile radius, I have the ability to interact with people who came from all over the place or they have different beliefs different cultures and be able to learn from them i think that i personally take that for granted i think plenty of other americans do as well especially considering that much of the world doesn't have that privilege at all Mm. yeah i was surprised after moving back to the states from china in my teens the opportunities to be a part of the international community here and also surprised how little we engage with the international community within our own borders because ever since becoming a part of that community it always finds me and i always find them the international students the immigrants the refugees the foreign businessmen and business women the missionaries I've known so many, and they're all here, and most first-generation immigrants in the U.S. are never even invited home to a meal with a multi-generational American. Hmm. Like, we have a big problem with hospitality and getting to know other cultures, although we actually have the opportunities within our own borders. But one of the things that made me stop missing China as much and turned my changed my mind to be proud to be an American through midway through college was when I realized that American was an inclusive concept. To be American didn't necessarily mean that I had to conform to a lot of things I didn't agree with. I was just as American as the next person. And for many of those internationals, they have the opportunity to become American. Now, how easy that opportunity is to take is another topic. Yeah. But And sometimes, I think coming into this country as a foreigner, you feel like you need to conform. And there is pressure to conform, to, at least in some areas. And it's hard if you don't have a typical, like, friendly American to sort of take you by the hand and show you the ropes. Um, And so we don't, I think we all end up missing out quite a bit on what we could learn from each other. Yeah, I think that's really valuable. And I think that's an interesting, I was going to ask you what kind of things we should be thinking about executing, doing, to maybe help bridge some of the gaps in America between different cultures. And I think that's an interesting idea of just be open to interacting with those people. It's it's almost as simple as that. And I do think that when you come to America, there's an element of assimilation that does go on. I mean, you're, you're joining another 
culture. But at the same time, it, it doesn't necessarily mean giving up what you used to know and love. It just means assimilating into our culture. Obviously, please come through here legally where you can be vetted, you can be here, you can enjoy all of the privileges of living in America. And try, I think us as, you know, native, I don't want to say native Americans, but people who live here is that we can maybe stick out the olive branch and go, hey, why don't you come interact with us? I, I would imagine that would make them feel so much more included and welcomed into this new country that they're trying to live the American dream the same way that we all are. Mm. One thing that I find kind of interesting over the time I've been becoming politically and culturally aware of the U.S. is that we are, as Americans, many of us are very afraid of cultural exchange in a way that we're not willing to admit. We're insecure about it, rather, I should say. We are insecure in that we don't want to make mistakes, we don't want to offend very sincere, reasonable concerns. We also are not always practiced at hospitality, even within our own culture, so it's even harder to extend it outwardly. But one example that I've experienced quite a bit is many Americans have this reaction to the concept of cultural appropriation, but they don't necessarily understand what that entails because so much cultural exchange is and cultural appreciation is lambasted in the name of preventing cultural appropriation. And yeah. I define cultural appropriation very narrowly for me. It's about taking something from a culture without permission that is very unique and specific to that culture, particularly something that they tend to be criticized for, and then making it a cool thing for you and not receiving the same criticisms that they would have. But if I make a good Indian friend and I enjoy food with her and I even end up going and getting henna with her one time, that is actually cultural appreciation, not appropriation. And that topic is particularly sensitive for me because I am wildly multi-ethnic. You're about as ethnically ambiguous as it gets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really am. I am like quadriracial. Yeah. And as a result of that... I have had so many people, one, not know where to place me, which is fine. I, I understand that. But I have also received criticism for engaging in cultures that they don't think are legitimately mine. Hmm. But they are, first off. And secondly, why are you using the stereotype of how you think a person should look or where they should be from to determine what they can or cannot learn more about? Yeah, no, I will, I'll second that because I do think that some of the cultural appropriation stuff has really gotten a little bit out of hand, especially in the most recent years. Like if I want to learn how to cook Indian curry, why is that a problem? Because I'm white. I, it tastes great. Like, I love their food. Why is it that, like, that's something that I want to... It's the fact that I want to cook it. I want to execute it is somehow a problem. I've had people quite literally tell me, well, just go to a restaurant and get it. Like, get it from someone who actually knows how to do it. Like, what you're going to make isn't real. I said, but isn't that the entire point? Like, for me to go and learn how to do it because I like it and I want to appreciate it and I want to enjoy it? I feel like we've taken this in the sense of, 
oh, let's be sensitive to other cultures. And it has. It has 110% made much of the white American population very afraid to open their mouth, to speak, to say anything. I find the two biggest offenders of this are people with, like, Muslim cultures. People do not want to open their mouth because they, they're worried about saying something in American, even just like the African-American culture, no one's willing to say anything because everyone's worried about people shouting racist or not understanding those cultures. And then, yeah, even extending it out to Mexicans, Indians, all of these people that I think are wonderful additions to America, yet I feel very much like talking about them could possibly lead to conflict. And in instances where you're deliberately trying to appreciate someone else's culture, the last thing you want is conflict. So I think what people tend to do is just kind of avoid it altogether. And that's obviously making the issue of creating a melting pot much harder because everyone's kind of sitting in their own little corners, just doing their thing, trying not to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. And that fear contributes to further misunderstanding and further segregation. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to add to that. Yeah. I think it's clear that if you want to understand others better, you have to engage with them. You can't you can't gain knowledge in the fullest sense of the word without experience is yeah. my belief. I can read books about China, I can learn the Chinese language, and I can go to museums for Chinese history, but if I had not lived in China and made friends with Chinese people and had a Chinese nanny come to my house when <laughs> I was a kid and teach me how to make dumplings and speak her language at a basic level, if I hadn't done those things, I would not know China the way that I know it today. It's just like knowing a person. I can list out so many things about Gretchen, but you won't know her unless you interact with her. I think that's so true. And I also think that it's also kind of for me, it's like an encouragement. Go out, travel, meet new people, gain the experiences to better form opinions. Be someone who isn't necessarily forming opinions based off of what you're told or even sometimes what you read. I think reading and learning and researching is a good start. But I talk about all the time, I grew up in a very German household. So I have a lot of German traditions and a lot of German culture ingrained into my family. You know, my grandmother came straight off of the boat from Berlin. We've even had German exchange students in our house. So like we've come pretty close, yet I have never visited Germany. So I still am never gonna have a full concept of what that culture is like until I spend time there. And maybe the lesson lear to learn here and a good way to wrap this all up is just that be slow to judge, be slow to speak, and really do your research. Be bold and go and try to visit some of these places before making judgment calls about how their culture should be more like ours or how ours should be more like theirs. And instead sit down and critically think and also just take the time to appreciate the fact that people are different. I think that's kind of cool too. Like, you know, you and I are both Christian people and I think for me there's also an element of beauty in mm -hmm. in the fact that everyone is a little bit different and how different people have adapted to certain situations differently, foods, cultures, how people tackle the world. I think there's an element of beauty to that from, you know, I agree. A, from a God creating standpoint and 
I feel like I'm like ready. I'm like, let's, let's go on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. Also, be slow to import your expectations or mm. your assumptions about what you think it's going to be like. Because just as that Chinese taxi driver really didn't know anything about America as he grilled me with questions <laughs> and you know, I had to try to be the ambassador at that moment and explain that America is a very complicated country, which I am growing in my own understanding of and which I cannot, no matter how well I explain it to him, allow him to experience on his own. We also need to recognize that these cultures that we're interested in or cultures that we might be curious about, they're not one-dimensional. And within every culture are individuals who should be taken as individuals first because culture will inform who they are. It informs who all of us are, but they're also the image of God. They have their own thoughts, their own feelings, their own life experiences. And so much of people's life really comes down to how their parents treated them. Is their boss nice to work for? whether or not they are good cooks and enjoy good food at night, whether or not their neighborhood is safe, simple things that we all relate to. Yeah. No, I I think that's a great way to finish it off, and I appreciate you taking some of your time and the trip that you came up here to have this conversation with me and and let us record it. I genuinely always love talking to you. I think you and I have some very complex and fun conversations. Like if I'm ever bored, I'll be like, let's call Julianne and talk about something really like arbitrary and complex. So (laughs) I I love that we had a chance to do that. And um, I hope to see you again soon. I hope the same. If you're interested in following along on when I upload podcasts, please follow me on Instagram. It's at underscore c-o-n-s-h-e-r-v-a-t-i-v-e i would love to have you join us there and if you ever have any topics that you would like me to discuss i would love to have you message me those ideas i'm always looking for new things to talk about and i'd love to hear from the people that listen as always stand firm love others and be proud to be conservative